Welcome back to the Apprentice One to One podcast. I'm your host again, Mark Allison, and today we're going to have a, a little discussion around what to expect when you start an electrical apprenticeship. And the reason for that is there's quite a few people who've been coming forward on Instagram who are just coming out of school, obviously, with it being the summer holidays, and they're looking towards entering the electrical industry um, as apprentices, and they've got a few questions about it, and, and why wouldn't they, I guess? Um, it's one of those things still that's fairly common in, in schools. There's not enough information given to students about the benefits of doing a trade apprenticeship. Um, we all know that the history of that it tends to be um, students who haven't done so well with the academic education are then kind of directed towards apprenticeships in, in trades and it shouldn't be like that. There should be a lot more information and advice given to people of the benefits of taking an apprenticeship in any industry but specifically in construction because there are many benefits. Um, there's loads and loads of people who do very well out of being skilled tradespeople and um, yeah I just want to have a quick chat about what to expect, how it kind of all comes together and what you need to do to, to get onto one of those um, training courses yourself. I did record a podcast um, with Craig Bust recently and that's going to go out on the Sparkshire. Um, he's the lecturer from um, Waltham Forest um, College and he, well he's not lecturer, he's head of curriculum there, sorry I'm doing him a disservice. Um, but he gave some insight on um, kind of what the process that that happens when you enrol with a college, what your employer should and shouldn't be doing, um, what to expect in the first year of your training and the different course options and approaches you can take. So I'm not going to recover all of that. That'll be coming out, if it's not out already, on the Sparkshire, which is Neil's channel, and you can find that over on YouTube and on all of the normal podcasting platforms. Um, but he did give me a bit of um, insight into this because I know I'm not an expert on how this works, certainly not from the, the college's point of view. Um, so I thought I'd share that on the Apprentice One to One podcast and, and give a bit of that direction to some of the people who've been asking for it. So first and foremost, if you are wanting to go into study as an electrical apprentice, you need to approach the college. And typically these days you can do that uh, through online web forms. It's not a case of having to go in and uh, meet the the student advisors and stuff like it was when I was starting out. Now you can get on the internet, go onto your local college's website, and usually you'll find a form there to enrol on an electrical apprenticeship course. And that's kind of your first stage to get yourself known to the college, they should then get in touch with you to um, provide you with some information on the course and what's kind of involved um, and, and just give you an overview of the kind of length of time that it's going to take and um, what you need to do to, to actually enrol. And, and typically it's a four-year course. Um, they're going to be asking if you've got an employer already or if you need help finding one. Um, they might do an interview on the phone, which is just to kind of get to know you a little bit. So perhaps want to know what you're um, exams went like when you were in school, what your interests are. Um, there might even be some sort of entry exam. Some colleges do that as well. So they're just to get a, um, a datum point of your own experience and knowledge and see kind of where you're at so they can gauge your starting point um, with the apprenticeship. And some people might have even done the, the level one already and level two separately. It's not everybody coming out of school, so it's not a one size fits all. And that's usually what the, the college is trying to get to grips with there. So they want to make sure um, they're supporting you in the right way right, right from the very outset. Um, they'll then probably invite you in to have a look around the college so you can kind of see what, what it looks like. It is a bit of a culture shock sometimes coming from school into a work environment. So 
um, to see what the test booths look like and your build booths and um, have a look around the workshop and some of the tools that are involved, meet the lecturers, maybe some of the students who've been there for a year or two as well and they can give a bit of their experience. I think that's that's a good way to approach it and most colleges will do that with open days or on, on a special invite in just to come and have a look around and make sure it is something you want to do because obviously there is buy-in from yourself as a learner but also from the, the college to put that time and effort into uh, ensuring that you can qualify as a spark and also with the employers it's to, to give it the best chance of success in the long term there is quite a bit of effort made in the beginning and it's good for all parties um, and it's something that you should definitely do if you get the opportunity to go in and have a look around don't just think oh that's something else I've got to go and do <laughs> you know it's one of them where if you if you just sign up on a course for the sake of it there's every chance that within six months to a year you're not going to be liking where you are so make sure it is something that you're keen and committed to do and go and make the effort to look around and once you've kind of gone through that process they then, then should have the employer come in with you as well and there's kind of a um, it's like a, a group effort where you sign all of the documentation and everyone knows what's expected of them because sometimes employers can believe that it is just the college who look after all the training and you know the student and the, the college work all of that out and they just provide them a place to go and work and it, it's not like that there has to be buy-in from everybody the employers do have a responsibility to give the learner access to different work tasks and installing different types of systems so it's making sure that everybody's aware of what's expected um, everybody's committed to, to seeing it through um, and you all sign on the dotted line so you understand that and you're going to work towards it so that it's the college that will lead that discussion and it's not something to be to be daunted by it's just uh, a general f chat and you know it's not a grilling you're not going to be assessed on the spot or anything like that um, it's just to set clear goals of what's expected through the course of the apprenticeship um, and then once you're, you're kind of enrolled that that's that's the point where you can start um, entering the college and taking part in the training and usually it's on one day a week day release from your employer and that should be paid time as well so your employer should be paying you for that um, at the minute it's a minimum of 30 hours pay a week so if you go into college for seven or eight hours and you are only working 30 hours then you've got kind of 23 uh, 22 23 with your employer through the rest of the week um, most employers will pay you for a full week's work so you'll do four four days with them and then a, a day in the college uh, and kind of as it builds along and this will be explained by the, the the colleges themselves you know it's not all about doing exams and things that with an apprenticeship it is a little bit different so you have structured assessments um, along the way and some of those will be out on site with an assessor coming to look at you um, they'll ask for um, a, a report from your employer as well so it's kind of a, a professional statement that they will give to say that they've observed you doing certain tasks and give feedback on that which can help count towards your apprenticeship as well and the, the lecturers will do the same and assess your work um, in the college booths as well. There are some multiple choice exams and written exams along the way as well and you're kind of guided through them with your training in the college and the experience that you're gathering out on site. Um, now usually with your portfolio it's not something many people start until they get towards the level three um, aspect of the apprenticeship so typically in the, the third and fourth year um, but if, you, if you're wanting to, you can start that at any point and gathering evidence of work you've done, I would encourage anybody to do as early as you can because sometimes it's difficult um, getting the whole scope of work that's required and certainly if your employer is, for example, uh, predominantly in the domestic sector or the industrial sector, 
um, and for, for whatever reason a little job in a place where they don't normally work crops up and you're still doing your level one and level two if you can document that and get it shown um, in a portfolio at that point it could help you out later on definitely so that kind of covers your enrollment into the college and you know what you would expect with that uh, you will have equipment provided to you as well at the college so you'll be able to use their multifunction testers their hand tools and most of the stuff you're going to need to do the training will be there but you know i would always advise trying to start building up your own little tool collections if you can and we've spoken about this on other episodes of the podcast before what some of those might be but you know basic VDG screwdriver set and and snips um, you won't go far wrong with just a, a nice set of hand tools for yourself that are sharp um, and that you're comfortable using so if you can get yourself a little set put together that would be ideal and a lot of employers will kit you out anyway when you start up with them you know when you're when you're working with your employer they need to provide you with all of the equipment you would need to do the task and all of the appropriate PPE you shouldn't be having to get that yourself so that's something to keep in your mind as well if they're saying that you need to provide your own um, test instruments and hand tools and stuff to come to work with them if you're on an actual employed apprenticeship position you should be getting all of that to um, use to do the task. The thing, thing with that is some of them might kind of keep it in the, the vans themselves and you know it's just to use while you're kind of at work is a bit of a, a grey area for some employers. So if you um, can get your own little set, they're not, they're not very expensive. You can get um, cheap hand tools now um, that are VDE rated for sort of 20 to 50 pounds. It's not a massive amount of money and it's well worth it investing in yourself for the future as well. Um, so that would be a, a nice thing to look towards doing as you kind of going into college and starting out with your employer. Speaking about the employer again, um, I did mention that they've got to pay you for a minimum of 30 hours a week and you know they'll have set hours they're expecting you to turn up. Typically in construction people tend to start work at around 8 in the morning so it's not uh, a 9 to 5 job either. You know you might have days that overrun and if you're going out with um, a small employer, typically a, a one person organization where they just have the one vehicle and you're traveling off to site to do some work you're kind of there with them until that day's work is finished so you do need to have an expectation of that as well um, but if you are there working you need paying for that time so it's a it's a good way to to make some money while you learn at the end of the day so for example if you've got something that's happened on a particular day and you end up out on site till eight o'clock on an evening it's not uncommon but usually the employer will be flexible and give you that time back in other places or you get paid a little bit of a, a bonus um for the for the efforts in getting it through through the over the line and finished so you know it's one of those things with construction and doing stuff um certainly more so in the domestic area where stuff can overrun or there can be weekend work and having a bit of flexibility for that will stand you in good stead um, for the long term and yeah um, basically to just grab hold of the opportunity and enjoy it if you've been lucky enough to find an employer who's willing to take you on as an apprentice you're already in a really good position and um, what i've seen through the course of this last year or two um, you know it's been really hard to find employers who are taking apprentices on so if you've got that opportunity it's something that you're keen and motivated to, to push forward and do then you know grab it with both hands and um, dive in full-blooded that will be rewarded in the long term. Sometimes four years can seem like such a long time, um, but really it isn't. It'll pass before you know it, and um, you know then you're kind of out the other side with a great qualification under your belt and um, an opportunity to make a living for the rest of your working life. Um, you know it really is a fantastic career to go into. It's served me well now for over twenty years. Um, it only seems to be going one way. We seem very lucky that. Um, 
current policy from government seems to be pushing people towards consumption of electricity, be it to charge vehicles or um, run your home's heating system on now. We're kind of working towards that as well. Um, so I think there's huge potential for opportunity to, to make a decent living for quite a number of decades yet, especially with the evolution of smart homes as well. We've kind of got these emerging markets all over the industry, um, even looking at more you know, more of these massive construction projects on the highways and railways. Um, it all involves electrification and uh, communication and signage that works off electronics and electrical systems. So we have such a wide area we can go in and, and seek employment and having a core um, apprenticeship under your belt is a great founding principle of your further career. I mean, you can go on and develop that in any way you want. We, are, we have opportunities to do um, HNCs or you can go and do degrees in electronics or engineering you can do design courses you know there's all sorts of doors you can open as you move on with your career you're not tied to being out on the tools out on site so you know it's 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 such a diverse and massive industry the electrical industry it really really is um, and you know you get that founding apprenticeship right at the beginning get that under your belt and it really will stand you in in good stead and yeah other than that i think you know i've kind of covered the basic principles of what's expected as you're going to enroll into college. Um, it's not as daunting and frightening as it can seem. I am really specifically speaking about this for school leavers now um, and it is a bit of a culture shock coming out of a school environment where everything's kind of laid on for you and you have your, your timetable of where you need to be through every day and you're finished by three o'clock and all of a sudden you're thrust out into the world of work and you know, you've got these responsibilities and commitments that you have to uphold and, and see through. But really, it is just the first step um, on that journey and um, just enjoy it, basically. Um, don't be afraid. Don't be don't be fearful of things like this. It is, um, it's a fantastic thing to do with yourself. I wish I could go back and really grab hold of the opportunity. I think a lot of um, us, us people who have um, progressed in our work careers and lives now into our 30s and 40s see that. But it is really difficult at that age to kind of understand the position you're in. Um, I totally get it. And um, yeah, just just be yourselves. Have some fun as well and um, enjoy the whole thing. I hope this little ramble has been of some benefit to, to somebody out there who's looking to come into the electrical industry. And as I said, if you go onto your local college's website, most of the information you would need to get started is going to be on there. Um, I've done other podcasts already speaking about how you can find employers if you haven't already. So um, getting onto social media and trying to find out who's in your local area is a good starting point. Follow them on social media as well and see the kind of projects and personalities that they are if they kind of match up with your own. And then um, really to make yourself known around your local area if you can. So get into the wholesalers and introduce yourself, leave a, a CV, stuff like that goes a long, long way with um, with employers and people wanting to help you. You will find that there's loads of great people out there who want nothing else than to help other people succeed. Um, and if they see you coming in determined to find a place to go and work, they will definitely want to help you out. Um, but yeah, that's that's on another episode. And um, you know, also I've spoken about the grants and things as well. So trying to build this pool of information that, that might help you. And as I said, these are just coming out on audio format now. I'm not doing the video on them. There's no point sitting looking at me talking into a microphone for 15, 20 minutes. But yeah, other than that, have a brilliant day. If you um, haven't seen already, we are doing a challenge in August. I will quickly mention that. 
So we're trying to run a minimum of 5,691 meters every day. Um, I'm pushing out further than that. I'm going as far as I can every day. I'm getting between 8,000 and, and 10,000 meters in, so 8, 10K. And that's to try and raise awareness of suicide and mental health in the UK. So tragically, we have around 7,000 people who die from suicide every year in the UK and Ireland. Oh, that was the last figures recorded in 2019. And um, yeah, we're just trying to raise a bit of money for the Samaritans as well. Amy the Spark started to go fund me, or just give in, I can't remember which it is now, but I'll drop a link in the description of this if anybody does want to go and donate, that'd be brilliant. Um, so far, I think we're on day 10 today, and I'm inching closer to 100 kilometers covered already. Um, I'm going to see how far I can get in the month of August. We'll see how it goes. I'm a very fat and unfit man, and um, it's going to do me the world of good with my own fitness and well-being. And um, yeah, hopefully get people talking about these these difficult subjects. There's been a lot of folk come forward actually with some um, horrible experiences that they've gone through themselves, and um, it's made me more determined than ever to see this through and, and, and keep going. But yeah, otherwise, thank you for listening. Have a brilliant day, and I will catch you all on the next episode of the Apprentice One to One podcast.